Amen. We are so glad to have the Mays family uh, here this weekend, and um, he let me know he would be here today and then headed out again. And so while they are in town, I wanted to take advantage of that, and he has blessed this church over and over again uh, with his obedience to the Holy Ghost, just preaching following after the spirit and I want him to come again today I want him to take his liberty I want him to preach to me praise God elder we are so glad you're here come and take your liberty today God bless you thank you brother Regan amen everybody say praise the Lord are you happy are you glad to be in church hey I said are you glad to be in the house of the Lord Ah, yeah, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. He's been good to me. Uh, We got a special treat today. My mom is with us. Amen. And I want her to know I love her. And I'm telling you, there's not one person that I'd rather have in my corner than my mama. She lives the life. Amen. Praying for me. Last year was a rather tumultuous year for us. And uh, I gave her a Valentine card. I said, thanks for praying for me and supporting me through this past year. Amen. It means something when your mama stands with you I said it means something and uh, I want her to know I love her and uh, I want her to know that today would have been her and my dad's 75th wedding anniversary and uh, she chose to be in the house of God with me today amen I'd like to take her with me everywhere I go (laughs) but I don't think she wants to do that. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Toby, is that your mom? Cindy, it's good to see you again. Amen. Cindy and I go back a long way with my sister, and uh, I'm glad she's in the house of God. I thought that was you when I looked back there. Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, if you turn me to the Psalm 61. And then we'll be turning to Luke chapter 6. Amen. Psalm 61. Amen. I appreciate Brother Riggin. And uh, for all of those of you that uh, wish he would be up here, I do too. Amen. So, but you'll get a chance. Amen. I'm sure. Uh, Amen. He is a tremendous Bible teacher and preacher. Amen. Can I hear an amen from this church? Amen. It's good to see everyone. Amen. Praise God. Psalm 61 verses 1 through 3 and then I'll be turning to Luke chapter 6 uh, reading verses 47 through 49. Amen. When you have it say praise the Lord. Hear my cry O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock 
that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. A strong tower from the enemy. And then turning with me to Luke chapter 6. Amen. Praise God. Luke chapter 6. Right. Amen. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built an house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the storm beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it for it was founded upon a rock but he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built an house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Notice in the first passage of Scripture that we read in Psalm 61, that in verse number 2, the psalmist said, When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Then in our second text Scripture we just read, Jesus likens the individual who comes to him and hears his sayings and does them to the man who built his house and dug deep and laid the foundation upon a rock. He tells us that when the storms come and the floodwaters arise and the storm beat violently upon that house, that the storm, the wind, and the rain the floodwaters could not shake that house, for it was founded upon a rock. And it's from both of these passages of the text that I want to preach. That I want to specifically take my title from the second verse of Psalm 61. I want to preach, lead me to the rock. Lead me to the rock. Amen. Amen. Brother Riggin, would you pray? Amen. God, I love you. Thank you, Jesus. God, I'm asking you to anoint me. Oh, God, I'm Ela Motito Robohosaya. God, I'm asking you, God, in your name, Jesus. I'm asking you, God, for your anointing, God. Yes, God. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Amen. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I just feel like praising him today. I feel like giving him praise and glory and honor. Ah, he's been good to me. He's been good to me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Amen. The Gospel of Matthew also records... Uh, 
this same parable from where we take one of our text scriptures. It's commonly known as the parable of the wise man, for it states in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 and 25, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, Amen. And doeth them. I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. In both renditions of this parable, there are two different houses, two different foundations, and two different men. But there's one thing in this parable, amen, that is the same, and that is the storm. Can I hear an amen? And the point, amen, is, amen, that storms come to everyone. Can I hear an amen? Uh, that being said, the only thing uh, that is in question is not uh, why, how, or where, but when. Living in an area that is known as Tornado Alley, there is no question as why the storm will come, or if they will come, uh, or which direction it will come from, uh, because none of these things make a difference anyhow. Uh, but the question that remains to be answered is when it will come. Uh, and the truth is that question cannot be answered because no one uh, can control the weather. Uh, at least they try to predict it, uh, and most times they fail at that. Uh, amen. The same is true in life. Uh, no one knows when the storm will come. Some have had the advantage of daylight hours and have seen the storm coming in the distance and were able to brace for it or get out of the way. Amen. But for others there was no warning. I said for others there was no warning. I said for others there was no warning. They went to bed after a beautiful spring or a summer evening and woke up to the sound of a tornado ripping their house apart. Oh, God help me. And not all storms have to be natural in design because there are those storms that are diabolical and sinister in their foundation. Those storms destroy everything and anything that an individual holds dear even to the loss of a husband, a wife, and children. Uh, in the morning light, uh, all that remains are the broken, shattered pieces uh, of a life that used to be, uh, a home that used to be, uh, a marriage that used to be beautiful, a body that used to be healthy and strong, uh, a family that used to be close. Uh, they used to love one another. Uh, a 
mind that used to be clear and sharp and uncluttered by drugs and alcohol, a retirement plan that used to exist but got blown away with the storm, a home that used to be beautiful but got lost due to the storm, or dreams and aspirations that were destroyed, and it all happened without warning. It happened while they were sleeping. And I just cannot help but wonder how many storms could have actually been avoided had we not been sleeping. I know some storms are unavoidable, but there are some storms that could be avoided if we would just wake up. Oh, God. All marriages do not have to end in divorce. All physical attacks... Amen. Don't have to lead to heart attack or stroke or cancer or sugar diabetes. A lot of things happen in our lives simply because we're asleep or because we're not watching or we're not paying attention. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 7 informs us, For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. Samson didn't have to have his eyes put out. He didn't have to suffer humiliation and play the part of a fool and a slave in a Philistine prison. Amen. Prison. No, this was a storm that he could have avoided. Samson's problem was that he was sleeping when he should have been praying. Sleeping when he should have been reading the word of God. Oh, God, help me. Sleeping when he should have been in church listening to the word of God, being preached, taking notes, and making preparation, building his foundation. Amen. Samson was sleeping while the storm was brewing. Amen. Samson closed his eyes to the obvious threat around him. Samson pretended everything was all right when he knew in his heart that it was all wrong. Oh, God. I'm preaching to someone today. You're going through a storm. I know some storms are unavoidable. But there are some storms that you don't have to go through. Amen. Some of you today are in a storm right now. Uh, You didn't have to go through. You're going through some hell in your life. Uh, You didn't have to go through. Uh, And some heartbreak you didn't have to experience. Uh, There are storms that are the product and the fruit uh, of fleshly desires and decisions. Uh, Samson's life was a series of storms, uh, tragedies, loss, heartbreak. uh, And every one of them was a product of his own self-will and actions birthed out of the desire of his flesh. Oh, can I hear an amen from someone? We've all been there. Every one of us. There is not a one of us who can point a self-righteous finger at somebody else without pointing to yourself first. We've all blown it. We've all moved in the flesh. We've all ignored wise counsel and did what we wanted to do. And like Samson, we found ourselves in a storm. Amen. But these are not the storms that we're talking about in our text. The storm of our text is talking about an unforeseeable storm. Supernatural in design and origin and totally unavoidable. 
The storm is not the consequence of bad or selfish or carnal decisions. This storm is a product of satanic conspiracy. It's designed to destroy your faith. It's designed to take you out. It's a fiery furnace formed and created for the sole purpose of destroying your life. Nebuchadnezzar's fiery furnace was supposed to prove publicly that the faith of those three Hebrew children was worthless. It was his intention to publicly humiliate the testimony and the confession of these three children of faith. Amen. That's the purpose of the storm. That's the reason that it comes. It comes to humiliate you. It comes to ridicule you. It comes to destroy your faith in God. To put you you on display and say to the world that you just couldn't make it and neither will you I destroyed them and I'm going to destroy you too and the sad truth is there are many in the church that have been blown away by the storms and have fallen and Jesus gives us the reason why because they built their houses upon the sand. They went to church. They heard the preacher preach. They shouted. They danced. Even paid their tithes. And some of them talked in tongues. But they built their houses upon the sand. Oh, God help me. God help me. That sand means surface, moving, shifting, changing, unstable. They built on religious affiliation. Oh, God, help me. They built on their good deeds. They built on their morality and their legal righteousness. They built on their own wisdom and knowledge. All of these things are but sand moving and shifting with the rising tide. No wonder the songwriter said, On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Oh, God help me, Jesus. It's no mystery then when someone falls, regardless of how big or beautiful the house, the ministry, or their reputation. Jesus reveals that when he, the house is destroyed in the storm. It's a foundation problem. Everything is dependent upon the foundation. And this is where so many people miss it. They want to build something that they can be proud of. Can I hear an amen? Ah, they want to build something that will impress others. God help me. They want the anointing. They want to minister. Uh, amen. They want to preach. They want to teach. Uh, they want to sing or evangelize. Uh, they want big houses, uh, fancy cars, reputation, and popularity. Uh, and they put all their energy into what you can see. Uh, and they fail to build a strong foundation. God help me. Oh, God help me. I'm feeling like I'm wrestling with something here. God, help me today. God, let's pray right now in Jesus' name. God, right now, God, you know the need.
I'm preaching to someone today. I, I hope you're listening. Uh, Jesus said that uh, the wise man dug down deep and laid his foundation upon the rock. Uh, the wise man understands that the most necessary thing uh, in the house is the foundation. Uh, the wise man is concerned with what others cannot see uh, than what they can see. Uh, amen. Jesus spent 30 years of his life uh, laying a foundation for a three and a half year ministry. Uh, we know that Jesus was born. Uh, we saw him at 12 years of age in the temple, but we know nothing uh, uh, upon his life until he was 12, uh, and we know nothing of his life after he was 12 years old, uh, and still he started his ministry at 30 years of age. What was Jesus doing during those silent years? He was building. He was laying a foundation for his ministry. Jesus was teaching us how to build our lives. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, he taught us to do our praying in secret in the closet, to do our alms between ourselves and God, to fast secretly unto God, not seeking attention from others. And that is the foundational life. And then he says, when you've done these things secretly, that God will reward you openly. The wise men dig down deep. The wise man is willing to invest time and effort in building a good foundation. Jesus reveals that the reason one man's house was destroyed, amen, amen, by the storm, amen. Excuse me. Amen. was destroyed by the storm and the other was not was because of the foundation laying the foundation for a successful life is hard work anybody can shout, dance, run the aisles and speak in tongues but it's hard to shout and dance, to run and holler when you're digging and hitting rocks and roots and getting things out of the way that are unstable. They're undependable, shifting and loose. But the wise man keeps on digging. He digs down deep. You have to dig down past feelings. You have to dig down past emotions. You have to dig down past popular opinion. Dig down past religious pedigree. Dig down past head knowledge. You have to dig down past secondhand and revelation. In other words, you can't build your life upon what everybody else says that Jesus is. You got to know him for yourself. Can I hear an amen? Oh, there are storms in life that are unavoidable. There are storms that take us by surprise. There are storms that are supernatural in design and origin. But the revelation that Jesus brings to us is this. If the house has the right foundation, it'll still stand when the storm Storm is over. You see me standing up here today. Looks like I got it all together. But that doesn't mean I haven't been through a storm. You hear me speaking words of encouragement and blessing, lifting you up, but that doesn't mean I've never been down. 
I don't have time today to talk about all the storms I've been through in my life. Some I could have avoided and some I couldn't. But the message that I want to get to you is I'm still standing. I said I'm still standing. Why don't you look beside someone beside you and tell them I'm still standing. I took a good hit but I'm still standing. It was a bad storm but I'm still standing. It tore up stuff all around me but I'm still standing. I lost some stuff I thought I couldn't live without. Oh, but I'm still standing. It blew away some people that I thought were my friends, but I'm still standing. Sometimes it felt like the storm would never end, but thank God I'm still standing. Oh, man of God, how do you make it? How do you survive? Others don't make it. How do you make it through the storm of sickness? How do you make it through the storm of a loved one? How do you make it through a storm of a broken relationship? How do you make it through the storm of church trouble? How do you make it through the storm of heartbreak? How do you make it through the storm of financial disaster? How do you make it, amen, through the storm when everyone you love and hold dear is taken from you? people give up so many people fail and fall so many people quit tell me what's the secret well the secret is very simple you gotta go find the rock you gotta keep on digging till you dig past everything and everybody else you gotta go dig past church you gotta dig past religion dig past emotion dig past feelings dig past opinions and kept on digging till you hit the rock I've weathered storms before I've felt the rain as it pounded on my life I've heard the thunder roll and seen the lightning flash I felt the hand of fear as it tried to grip my heart but I kept on digging I kept on digging till I finally hit the rock when I felt the rock underneath my feet I knew I was safe when I felt the rock under my feet I knew I was going to make it 2 Samuel chapter 22 verses 1 through 3 it states and David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul and he said the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer Ah, the God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower, my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. Just lead me to the rock. In Psalm 40 and 2, 
One of my favorite verses in the Bible, David said, he brought me up, up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. Just lead me to the rock. In Psalm 62, verses 6 and 7, David said, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. You got to get to the rock. I said you got to get to the rock. Amen. When you get to the rock, you cannot be moved. He continues, in God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Just lead me to the rock. I'm trying to close, amen, but before I do, just let me remind you what David said in Psalm 46, verses one through three. He said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. What David is saying in these verses is it doesn't matter what comes my way in life. I'm going to make it if I can just get to the rock. Earthquakes, tornadoes, tsunamis, hurricanes, volcanoes, fire, floods, famine or pestilence. Nothing can move my rock. So just lead me to the rock. Somebody here Listen to this message right now. You're in the storm of your life. We're not even concerned today whether it was avoidable or not. I'm not asking you if you caused it or not. The point is, you're in a storm. And the stuff is shaking all around you. And you need help and you need it now. Everything you've been holding on to is shaking and falling apart. But I once again reminded of what David says in our text verse. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Notice he said not if but when. Because it's not a matter if your heart will be overwhelmed. It's just a matter of when it will happen. Oh, come on, musicians, come. Amen. And I've come to this pulpit today to help lead you to a rock that's higher than you are. The rock that is higher than your storm. The rock, amen, that's higher than the fight that you're in. The rock that is higher than the fire you're going through. And the rock that is higher than the enemy that's warring against you. I came to lead you to that rock. And that rock has a name. His name is Jesus. Christ. He is the rock that never rolls. Just lead me to the rock. He is the foundation that never ships. Just lead me to the rock. He's a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. Just lead me to the rock. He is the captain of our salvation. He's never lost a battle. Just lead me to the rock. Everything in your world may be shaking right now. The wind may be blowing. The storm may be raging. And the rain may be beating down on your life. Just lead me to the rock. Amen. 
the day of Pentecost. Peter said, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and your children, to all them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's the rock. It may look like to you there's nothing and no one you can depend upon. But I came to lead you to the rock. And if you'll step up on the rock, you'll make it. Would you stand with me? I can't promise you the storm will disappear. I can't promise you it'll stop. I can't promise you that all your problems will disappear. But I can promise you, you'll make it if you can just make it to the rock. Just lead me to that rock. That's higher than I. These altars are open. You're going to make it. I said, you're going to make it. If you can make it to the rock. You're going to make it. If you get out of that pew. And you'll come. And you'll fall on your face on the rock. Come on. It doesn't matter what comes your way. I'm going to make it. If I can just make it to the rock. Come on, lift up your hands and love him right now. He brought me up out of a horrible pit. Out of the miry clay. And set my feet upon a rock. And established my goings. Just lead me to that rock.